What's going on, everyone? Tanner Poppet here of Madrost and Poppet's Corner. Just reminding you that our new record, Charring the Rotting Earth, is now available at nolifetomatorecords.com. That's right. Just go on the search bar, type in nolifetomatorecords.com, and support. Again, nolifetomatorecords.com. Now, let's check out the episode you came to see. Ah, what is going on, everyone? Welcome, episode 94 of Poppet's Corner. That's right, we are six episodes away from the big 100. Um, I wow. can't believe the show's made it this far either, buddy. Uh, but I, I'm super excited, super stoked. This is the first time I've had this gentleman on. Um, been friends a long, long time. Mr. Go Aaron, back. Mr. Aaron Miller from Lazarus Casket and a bunch of other killer bands, which we will get into. How are you doing today, sir? Thanks so much for coming on the show. Doing great. Um, it's a good weekend. Got a lot of music done over the weekend. Did a lot, actually a lot of recording yesterday. Had Brian and everyone from the from Lazarus over, you know, minus Jason. He already did vocals during the week, but good. All I can say is good. Good stuff. Good stuff coming. Good. Everything's exciting. How are you doing, Mr. Poppet? I'm doing good. Uh, just. I've been off of, you know, obviously the social media platforms for a while now. And it's, uh, yeah, like I was telling you before, it's just finding myself and finding who I, who I am every day. And I look forward to focus on next, you. Yeah. I focus on me now. So that's, it is what it is, but dude, so, um, how the show works is, is I'm going to go through your entire musical career here. Okay. Uh, before we get started, though, you've mentioned, you know, recording with, with Jason. I just got to ask with his current condition, though, like, how do you schedule the sessions? Like, how do you work around what he's got going on with him, um, you know, health wise? Uh, so he's going through a lot. He's uh, he you know, his his back issues and that that takes a lot out of screening, putting everything up front. You know, it, it, it takes your whole body to flex up. And so that I could understand was an issue. Um, it got to a point where these songs on the new record, uh, I could, I'm going to release a little, uh, a little, actually I'll just beyond cryptics vault is going to be the name of it. So obviously the studio is, uh, beyond cryptic studios. So it's a vault of, of, uh, kind of like our garage days, uh, of Metallica of, of things we're going to put, we're going to give respect back to the industry and, and things we've grown up on things we're inspired by. So, Long story short, um, Jason has heard these songs in Dropbox, building, morphing. They need vocals. So finally, he just said, "You know what? That's going to be my therapy right now. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to I'm going to lay him down." So it's been a struggle, though. You know, he he really has to pace himself when he's screaming. Uh, it, you know, the body's no joke <laughs> when when your body is the instrument. That's well, but it's it's one of those things where like you don't know what you got till it's gone. You know, like even walking is like you know you, you take it for granted. You take it for granted. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where like you're back. You don't you, have it anymore. You, it's it's you know it hurts. It, <laughs> it hurts. Not it's not fun. at least we at least we could sit down and play guitar. Uh, Jason has to really use it. So, but he's been trooping, dude. It these songs 
we, so we've um we have six covers on them that we're gonna do we have a couple originals um it's gonna be like a 13 track uh, album the tone on it we were just talking about the kemper Ooh. yes we were <laughs> dude this tone is massive it's gonna um it's it's amaze balls you're, you're you guys are all gonna flip and tanner you know what the what the kemper brings i well, mean you, I'm, you know. I'm just gonna say a nice uh cheers to you buddy and a nice cheers to to that so there you go cheers Breta. Yeah, I just got my Kemper like uh, two weeks ago. I've been farting around with it too, you know, too much or, or not enough, as I call it. Um, Never. Yeah, enough. but I've been, but I've I've found it invigorating. Where like, um, I can I play guitar literally every every day now. I I haven't done that in like two years. Good. Is that <laughs> social media getting off social media? It was. Yeah, it was one of those facts. You're focusing and, on that's good. And the other thing, obviously. That I can talk about um, contracts are signed and everything um, is that our first album is getting re-released on um, CD and vinyl for the first time. So I've been kind of just going back, you know, like I, I don't really usually do this, but I I've been going back to the start or that album. And I've been jamming the album on guitar every day just to like, cause get my chops up. Cause it's and, and bring back those riffs. Like you know, I just I, try to remember them. The <laughs> dude, know? So I got three three bands and and I feel that struggle. It's I I have to come home. I have to play 40, 40 songs, you know, at least once a week out of those, you know, selection of songs that we are ever going to play live between all the bands. It, just to keep up on them. Other than that, you will forget. But I, you know a good thing a, a good tool that I got is Guitar Pro. Yeah, you, you oh, tab yeah. you yeah. tab out your own stuff. So I've done that with a lot of our older stuff, like the stuff that you're going back to. I went to a lot of my older stuff, and what? I could I, I I I tabbed it all out just so I don't forget it. Well, see, and I I've, luckily I I have um, smart bandmates who do that um, every oh, record, and I I did it for the first two. It's smart. Um, because like I was like, oh, I'm not gonna forget these songs. I play them. But dude, you really do forget them as time moves on because you write new songs and then you play those a shitload and then you forget, you know, the other ones. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so good. I mean, but good, good that, that you're back at it. That yeah, you're but, back, but my, back my in point the, in all this is like just like playing guitar again and going backwards and it's like every everything accumulates and it's it's made me refocus on some things that I've neglected to you know, focus on. And I'm absolutely. extremely happy and I'm happy to be speaking with you. Music um, brings it all together, man. Absolutely. My friend, you know, um, so if let's, let's get started, if you don't mind. Um, no problem. and, uh, bef you know, yes, yes, we do have the new poppets corner. Koozies. I need a koozie. I will send you one, man. If you want to, if you want one, uh, email me or text me or just leave me a comment or something. I'm going to get in you. touch and yeah, yeah. I'm talking you to you. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's get started, man. Um, when was your first recollection of, of just hearing music for the first time and, and kind of what did it do for you? Ah, that's uh, that's good. So Ozzy has always been Ozzy. Any um, Led Zeppelin, any hard hitting classic stuff was the first thing that intrigued me uh, a lot. Also, Michael Jackson back in the day when I was little. Um, that's a weird, uh, kind of inspiration off moving forward, but I think a lot of it is, uh, 
the older stuff always brings you brings you to where you're gonna you know where you're gonna be like you were just listening to those tunes you were listening to when we were first starting the show that's what that's where it all started and that's where it started with me the older stuff randy rhodes uh a lot of the drumming like any old school bands that have that thunderous drumming has always intrigued me as a younger player now how old were you when you heard music for the first time oh shoot well i started playing guitar at eight so yeah wow 30 30 years ago 29 (laughs) years ago but you're what four or five if i'm not mistaken or something most people are like four or five six seven you know when they're even when you first hear it yeah you're and it could be subliminally it could be in the the car with your mom or uh, and i and i think that is it too my mom is a, a rabid classic rock um listener so i think it's always been in the ear and it all started started from there it, but what did it what did it do for you and, and you mentioned drums but what particularly about the drum sound or tone or playing did it for you you know that, to where that heartbeat okay that, yeah okay um now just you know going off of um you know the classic rock stuff you know when did you decide uh, I don't know. What did you, what do you do at six, seven, eight in 19, whatever, whatever, you know? Um, well, well back in the day when, so when, are you talking about starting music, like starting playing no, even, that young even, or even before that though, like what were you doing just before picking up an instrument? Oh, playing they, hockey. I, okay. I was semi pro in hockey. So, you know, I made it to pretty much the ice dogs, long beach ice dogs and then went and did music. So, that, that was my life, like from being a, a child up and, you know, even before music was hockey. Isn't it interesting that us kids always had to play a sport as a as a kid? Yeah. Well, back in the day, you drink yeah. from water hose, you played a sport, you got outside. Slip and slides and all that good yeah. stuff. For those of yeah. you who don't know what a slip and slide is, uh, Google it. Yeah. <laughs> or a CD player. <laughs> i still got i still got a few of those my friend dude i um, yeah okay that's another that's another subject <laughs> but um you know playing ice hockey uh, and then moving into wanting to play an instrument where is that correlation you know how does that happen i've always played an instrument by uh my number one was hockey you know my mom always worked uh nights i traveled i used to go to toronto i used to go on traveling teams and that was always my number one but i always played music once i hit uh 17-ish music is the way i wanted to go that that was the direction you know once i got to it i was capping off uh, capping up with hockey i got to the semi-pro and i i wasn't feeling anymore it was something that i always pushed as a kid I, i always felt that i had to do it and music i was able to to branch out and really and scandinavian metal like in flames that Gothenburg sound really got me as like in twenties colony and flames colony. Uh, that's when I kind of turned, I'm like, fuck, I love melodic death metal. I'm going to do it. Interesting. So it's kind of, so, you know, is there, was there any, uh, that's a long gap though, just to like, uh, so let's go, let's go back real quick. So at age eight, you mentioned you played guitar. Was that, was that indeed your first instrument? So my sister, my sister, Jody, she got an acoustic guitar. Um, she didn't want to take lessons, didn't want to play. And now that's when I was younger. And uh, so she put the guitar down, but she didn't want to give it to me. So I, you know, I toughed it out. I 
you know, made mom give me the guitar and that's how I started. Interesting. Yeah. And what, what about the, just, um, either holding the guitar kind of did it for you or it was just, you know, I could, I, I can make other, other sounds that are kind of beyond me. Yeah, so that I, I live on. I think it's some as a kid, when you, when you strum it or you hear like that harp kind of, you, you, you don't even have to play a, a, a note or anything, but I think that's just something that, that grows on you if you got it and it grows on you or, you know, if you don't, you don't. And was that the, the indication of what music offered you that hockey may have not? Yes. I think it was a satisfaction that I could do my own thing and I don't have to be a, a robot. And, and, and like, you don't have to rely on like a team to sort of, you know, do that for you. You could do it by on yourself your own, on your own time. On your own. Right. Absolutely. Um, now going off. Of, that's the beauty of it. That's, absolutely. A beauty, that's the be beautiful thing about music. No but, rules, no rules at all. Oh, totally. Yeah. There's no boundaries for it. Um, but even going into, you know, say seventh, eighth grade, you know, what was the climate of music around, you know, your, um, your that was sublime, or... like sublime. Um, I was in a, a reggae. We actually, we, uh, this band lost and found it was an acoustic reggae band. We got on star 98.7, uh, back in the day. That was my first band. Cause that's what was, uh, around you had sublime, the big, you know, the nineties, it was either you go grunge or you you go that uh, Chris Cornell, you know, that acoustical. You, it, it was a, a, a very weird time, but a beautiful time, I think, the 90s. 2000s, early 2000s, the metal was, that's where it is. Absolutely. absolutely. And but, Okay, so let's go off of your first band. Um, how did you find these guys? Would they sit in your classrooms and just, you know, hey, I'm into this band? Actually, and... yeah. Me and Dude, um, our old bassist of... For Lazarus, you know, Daniel replaced him. Right. Me and him, me and him go way back. We were in Lost and Found together, but me and him started Lazarus. We were in music appreciation class in school. And wow. Then, yeah. And I was playing a, a horn. He was playing drums. And uh, because I used to play trombone in elementary and all through band. That's how I started trombone. And uh we were in music appreciation, and we we're like, and that's when you know, towards the end of the high school. That's when I heard first heard the Scandinavian metal. You know, I've always heard Metallica. I've always heard, you know, riffs just dun dun dun. But once I'm hearing the dun 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 dun, you know, the melodies, I was mm -hmm. like, fuck, mind blown. And so me and him in 2008, we started Lazarus. I was, you know, we got out of Lost and Found, or I quit that because um, I wasn't feeling it. I was just playing, you well, know. But but even let, but just let's just concentrate so on the lost and found era if you if you don't mind. So when when you met these guys and started jamming, I'm assuming it was a garage band type of deal. You would probably Absolutely. go over to to homie's house, wh wh whoever's house. But it was. we had a hung we had a hungry singer, and he was a good businessman. That's how he uh, we kind of moved up to get on the radio at least with a song, and uh, he he was very business mind mind orientated. So. I think he was the driver of that. And he looked for us like as just good musicians. You know, I was already playing metal before that. I had a band called uh, Summon the Beast. That was my, but it wasn't really a band band. It was just a garage thing right before Lost and Found. So, well, I mean. Wait, right, keep going, keep going. So that was the, the, the metal started before it. But I think I just had to be a pro musician because this guy saw that we could play, put an acoustic in my hand and I'm going to play for that. And branching off of that, you know, just going into the studio for the first time, you know, what was, 
the experience for you? You know, how did you feel just even putting it down for the first time? Oh, dude, that changed my life. That's why I'm producing now. That like that that changed my life. Stepping into a studio and seeing the magic, seeing what 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 music can really be. And uh, it gives you chills each time. So those first chills stepping into the studio makes that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Was it like a two song EP, three song, or was it a full album? Was it just no? A that demo? one was a four, a four song. That's awesome. And, yeah. And but taking those four, and this is we're speaking with the the lost and found era, correct? Correct. Um, so, but even just you know recording it getting it in your hands at the time i'm assuming you, oh my you gosh know. it's like gold <laughs> absolutely dude and did you kind of pass it around school even before getting it on the radio or is it just like everywhere back then you know you remember it was uh it was cd demos you put a mark on it and you give it to fucking you give it to everybody yeah that absolutely. was the excitement back then dude, that was the, it, the the excitement with demos and do you remember, like, did you flyer? If you, people that don't Absolutely. know, that is. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, we would we would literally. If, if I could have a camera around balls. the studio right now, I have a bunch of old flyers and stuff on the walls, and and that's stuff you don't see anymore. Well, you don't you don't see a lot of physical stuff um, anymore. Uh, no, but maybe for good and bad reasons. You know, um, I'm just that physical guy, just like just like oh, you. Me too. Dude, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm still glad the venues still put posters up so you can take them, you know, and put them at your house. I'm, I'm thankful that at least that's still around. Totally. Like Europe, I have a whole box of uh, flyers that I got from every venue of bands that were coming in and out, and I stashed them and I took them back home. And uh, if we didn't have those venue flyers uh, or posters, you, you wouldn't have nothing these days. As a musician that wants something to you know, hold on to. Well, you probably wouldn't, you know, you, you have something from the past that you can always hang on to. You know, I, I feel bad for the musicians that, you know, will never experience that, that era. I know. Yeah. I know going to, yeah. Look, I feel I was kind of the last of that generation though, but at least you, know? you got it. At least you, yeah, at it. least I got it. Right. You um, got, you might've got the tail in, but you were there. I was, I, I was still here and it still am just like you and, and everyone else. Um, now, Branching off of, so you get the demo in your hand, um, passed around school and stuff. What, what, what is the initial reaction just around your schools? Um, you know, just around your friends, you know, hearing it for the first time, you know, was there any sort of buzz before the radio thing? Or? Not, not, um, not with that style. I think it was back then everyone kind of did that pop, uh, that acoustic sound. So when I started seeing some, uh, people getting excited it was towards the metal the metal uh creating process and having a record with metal you know licks on it more than that pop pop stuff back then now it works you know it's a different system you got you got uh you know post malone on the radio you got to go that pop route it's but the metal world is still building but back in 2000 that's like when i shifted from from that i i didn't get a lot of response i mean we got response obviously but it wasn't like oh my god you guys did that because it's just strumming right but when well, you can actually create melodies and create meaning through those melodies a story through the song that's when it becomes real absolutely and you know branching off of that as well you know just getting it on the radio it is a huge oh, thing you right know? 
Right. Um, now, walk me through that whole process. You know, how did you guys even just get in touch? Well, with we did. Station? We did uh, a 98.7 uh, with Richard Blade. Do you remember him? Doesn't ring a bell, but that was also 20 D DJ. years ago. Yeah. So he <laughs> held it and uh, it was a battle of the bands sort of thing. And uh, but it all went off your submissions of what you gave them as your 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 songs. I mean, they really judge that and then they come and see you play live kind of like a showcase for a label uh okay. that same scenario you know you got to give them the product first and then they're going to come see if you can actually do it and and obviously you're you you mentioned your singer having you know some sort of business sense business mentality yeah and getting it on the radio for the first time um you know after it was all said and and done you know just this did does the singer come back and you say hey we got on the radio it's going to premiere this time no and, it was um, like we got to do more work and we got <laughs> yeah no time for celebration ever you know that <laughs> well that is that that is you know sort of true but I, but were you i mean obviously you you had to be, know that it was going on the radio right absolutely yeah and so just putting it on the dial for the first time and, and so being cool. like wow that's we're me. on the radio. That's me. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that must have just had a great surreal. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Surreal. Surreal. Totally. And in the immediately after that, you decide not immediately after, but you know, a few years go by and you join a metal band, but were there anything in, was there anything in between for you? Musically speaking? It was, uh, it was kind of like a bitter, a bitter end. Cause I always knew what I wanted to do. I didn't have the right drummer. I didn't have for metal back then. It was like, you know, you had your, your uh, three piece, your five piece, five piece drummers, but you really need a good drummer for the backbone to do anything metal. You know that. And uh, I think it was once I found uh, a good group of guys, I jumped ship and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. You know, after that, it, now, there's, uh huh. Unless it unless it's paying your bills, there's only so much you can do as a pro guitarist and kind of just roll with the punches, you know, before there's a breaking point and you really want to show your artistic, you know, passion. Absolutely, man. What, what was the climate like for you in terms of the metal scene? Because uh, you're what Orange County based, L.A. based guy. Yeah, L.A., Long Beach. Um Metal scene back then, back then, back then was great. We had Sangre. We were all buddy, like uh, Caustic. It was uh, Army of Ghosts. Um, it was a good metal scene back then with Lazarus Casket when it first started. You had All God's Kill. We all were uh, buddy bands, all playing everywhere, and uh, it was good. It was a good scene back then when it first started. And, and what what was some of the styles that that were that were coming up um, in your specific time? That we're talking about a lot of it was uh more melodic it was more on the melodic end end back then in 2008 a lot of the bands around were were playing that melodic death metal but i i, I really want uh i wanted something different i wanted something that would that had uh not just heavy groove just something but still hit you you know you could have tremolos you could have melodies all over the place but you still need that something to hit you so it goes back to the drummer. Once you get a good drummer that can keep those alive and not just, you know, blast beats light and you, you still need it, it. But everything back then to answer your question, it was more melodic to a lot of the bands. Yeah. 
but was it but in two so we're talking 2008 and we're talking orange county right so you know how did did you feel about the whole metalcore kind of thing because it sounds like you were kind of a part of it which is no knock to, to anybody here um you know but like how did you feel where it was kind of going and where did you where did you want to see yourself being different in that specific kind of community um and that's probably where frantic lazarus sound came from i i wanted to add uh which is funny how jason got in the band because uh, the way i write guitar parts are very emotional and very frantic at certain points and then they'll drop and then they'll get beautiful and then frantic and jason's a, a very frantic and pissed off guy and and that's where it works perfect but i wanted to do something different like that i didn't want to just hold them hold hold a, a tune you know you got to do something different to branch out from being a local band you got you always got to try to be original right and, but uh, i mean but you don't do as as many breakdowns is kind of where i'm getting to to this whole, no no whole i was thing. never into that i was you got to throw breakdowns in to keep the kids happy but um <laughs> it's not about the breakdown well and you see that's 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 where i, I and, and, and as you can see <laughs> metalcore or all that is dying out oh it's i mean i didn't even know it was still around right if it is that's awesome you know and that just I'm goes not... to show that that uh uh any genre they'll weed themselves out by and and the longevity of certain genres will prove to be true and look where we are We're absolutely around. but you still have that that influence in the lazarus casket sound you can't tell me that 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 it's not there um what's well, there you know there you, you know you have but and there's like i said there's nothing wrong with it at all but Absolutely. but you guys were kind of you know in in integrated in that community um you know you had two different scenes back then in the, the late 2000s and it was the thrash thing and it was obviously the, the metalcore thing yeah the melodic thing whatever you want to call it um but you guys were more integrated in the, the melodic kind of kind of scene so i just was curious if you kind of saw the writing on the wall and and how you guys you know branched what you out. guys did to 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 be different from that is all and and that's yeah. that's it you throw you throw the little the little breakdowns keep them happy because you got to you got whatever's thriving right there but you branch out and make your your directive you know how casket is for me the, the directive is to do something different. Throw those breakdowns in every now and then, but go go your path. Yeah, and I always thought Cascade was like a tin, you know, like akin to that specific era because of you know you, you still putting you know putting in those those influences. It just kind of takes me back to that whole that whole era um, for good or well, bad. I mean, and, and don't get me wrong, <laughs> I I'm a little older than you and. So I like old kill switch. So I'm always going to add those breakdowns, you know, like the, uh, yeah, like old kill switch is probably the perfect example. I never listened to a lot of metalcore. I never, but I'm always going to throw those choppy fucking, you know, drops every now and then I'm always going to do that. Not for anybody else, not for the genre. I'm not going to call it, you know, death core or, or break, break your back core. Or, you know, it's, still us it's still melodic metal but yeah to actually to get to that point that is a part of me it might be because how i grew up listening to the old uh old new metal old uh you know that's just part of what i grew up listening to so i don't think it was following like certain uh deathcore bands i think it was just 
somehow that infused into casket out of well but it, out of the whole that whole era you were just a part of that specific scene um yeah is all um now moving forward how did you guys how did you specifically meet the the guys to form lazarus casket so dude i told you about david johnson we call him dude um he uh he's a dude uh he we were in music appreciation and i wanted to push for metal and uh we went to a union picnic i'm in the pipefitters union so went to a union picnic they have an annual picnic and uh met our drummer chris o'reilly uh he he goes i love megadeth we were just chit-chatting and i was like you love megadeth let's go fucking jam and that was right after uh lost and that's when i hung it up i found a drummer and i was like fuck it i we're gonna let's go play metal right now we left the union picnic uh went in a garage i brought my old uh i have a dime guitar up here old school one and uh brought it in there and that's where it started that's uh that's me dude and chris meeting chris at the union picnic um starting it just like that it, and but he was also a couple years older than you correct yeah chris yes yes um and and how did you um find your balance with his specific style that has always been i always respected what he he uh you know as a musician you always gotta you gotta hone in and you gotta do you you gotta really practice your instrument you got to put the hours in daily i come home i i make sure i put two three hours a day in on music every day or else i feel like shit i feel like i'm not progressing um problem with with chris great guy not taking nothing away from that but from him on the other turn of uh our new drummer uh or just whitey you know whitey's a, a hell of a, a a musician he he takes it to the bone takes it seriously he practices his craft he knows it um chris he was something that we needed to get started he was a true pioneer of lazarus casket he uh that's how we got started that it's just i always had to push him to practice his instrument and when you got to push someone uh and they're not putting the work in it's really in the end it hurts your your craft you know oh yeah it's very so eventually i had to branch out from that and thank god for whitey dude whitey is <laughs> godsend oh i love whitey i know his, everyone his name does. is just ironic to me which is funny mm -hmm. but you know <laughs> um, good guy great great guy yeah he rules um now um and we'll get to the project human stuff a little bit later but let's just focus on the casket just the humble beginnings uh, i think neil didn't you guys didn't you play with neil around that specific time as well didn't you form something with him formed project you formed project okay so we'll get to, we'll get to so that. yeah yeah but but neil so towards the end of of uh of casket um we took a hiatus um we 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 had a drop out with our old drummer garen um from uh i can't think right now of the band name but gabe our old guitarist and garen stepped in on drums for a little bit they didn't work out and we lost a lot of drive for casket um, but we took hiatus, me, dude, and Jason, we kind of just sat in the back and I got rid of them because it, it just wasn't working, you know, with, it was just more of a depressing type thing, you know, when you get in a room and no one's clicking and, and, you know, everyone's on what they want to do. So that just didn't work out. We took hiatus. Then, uh, 
what happened with that then uh, neil so we needed a guitarist um i i got good with neil neil was a pain in the butt back in the day like way back in the day i don't know if you've heard the stories i have not i'm not from he has a great name. heart though he's like a dime for the metal scene he he would be open you know god rest his soul but he was the best thing that that we all needed you know that that energy um jason has a past with him so uh i i brought it up to jason you know neil got he was he was long hair he grew his hair out he was fuck he was metal he was all about it he wasn't into whatever he was into back in the day you know he cleaned up and uh i told jason i'm like what about bringing neil in the in the in the band no neil never that was a response that i got no neil never and i was like shit so uh so I said, okay. And then I, in the back of my head that now we're going where project starts in my head. I always want to, I, am I love, uh, certain courses that have clean singing that have meaning. It's something that, that I've always wanted to do. Um, right, right with meaning, you know, I love my melodic death metal. That's my rage. That's my yum. But, uh, in the end, I, I, I do want to get a point across. And, uh, so that's where I took Neil from the no, no no never no neil never i took it into project i brought neil on board and neil was the biggest thing for project how we got our sound you know and brought chris back in the loop because chris out of casket that's where chris came back in because he was more of a a, a a hooky drummer you just need that that steady heartbeat you know right so it was per it, casket he didn't work out because it's too much you know it's it's a different genre but for project, that's where we kind of linked back up, and and he was the backbone for that. Totally. Well, let's go to the the casket era. Um, just recording the I think the first album and first EP. Um, you know, with Jay and bringing Jason into the fold. You know, when did you know the previous singer kind of not work out for you? They all worked out. They all were good. They just uh, didn't have that drive. They. It, it went back to I had to push everything and and then they end up getting pissed at me like I'm a dick, but I'm just trying to make the ship go. And uh, that's that's where the fallouts. They were all great singers. Irby. We had Mike Zito. We had great singers. Um, Matt Burke was our first singer. He, he Me and him, we used to go to shows like at the showcase in Corona, um, Scar Symmetry and, and great shows out there. Cataclysm. Uh, back in the day i mean years ago when the showcase was still open uh so all our singers were great jason had that pro in the end that's what makes everything go i i'm pro he's pro anyone that's in a band that has longevity y'all gotta have that that you can't have someone steering everyone's gotta steer and you knew jason just from around the, the scene. scene okay yeah. the okay. scene yeah, but how did you know? Oh, yeah, from from All God's Kill. So he know, he, sure. he got out of All God's Kill, and it was like a perfect transition. Totally. I was, I was looking for a singer. I know Jason's pro, and uh, that's how we linked up. It was like I, I lo we lost our singer. He lost his band. It was perfect. Yeah, and I remember when when you guys kind of kind of linked up. You know, around like the 2013 era, mm -hmm. I think thir 2012 2013. Yeah. Um, and I, I just remember him cause you know, Jason's the, he's like, he still is the guy, but he was the guy even back then where like, you know, you, you know, he, he was took he, initiative. like no yeah. one was, no one was but, trying to make the scene what it is today. 
And Jason yeah. is one of those founding people that, that made these shows happen for all these bands that whether, um, uh, all of us, uh, what's the one, uh, with Conan, um, Ex Mortis. Oh, Ex Mortis. Yeah. But I mean, even back in the day, they were playing shows with Jason, you know, it's Jason but, did put a stamp on our scene for sure. Oh, he still is. Mm -hmm. And God bless him for it. Um, Absolutely. But, he, but I just remember, you know, you had to get in that camp and you still have to, in my opinion, you know, he's, yeah. he's obviously we're, we're, we're brothers and, and everything else, but you know, back in those times, it's like, if you got that guy, if you had that guy, especially in your corner, you were, you know, you're in good you're hands. backed up. Yeah. Yeah. But you were in good hands, you know, and that's, that's what we do for each other. You know, absolutely. All of us. I do the same for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and vice versa, you mm -hmm. know, um, no, but, but getting in, in your band is, is a different thing. So what did he bring that besides the, the drive, what uh, uh, else did he bring into the, the casket fold? You know, those that was a little high, bit different. Those high screams though. I mean, that's what we needed. I, I, we had, uh, Irby, our singer before him, was more uh, Matt Heffy-ish, like aggressive, but but still he could scream, but more Matt Heffy, like more uh, more raspy, um, aggressive singing. Um, we had Mike Zito before him, and, and Mike Zito was a deathcore guy, so it was more of the, you know. Jason brought that that even of of the highs, the melody, you know, in the pocket for us. And but he, and obviously his contacts certainly helped as well. You know that that oh, doesn't hurt, right? Um, now, but going into the recording, so walk me through the recording process for this EP um, because I know there was some some sort of turmoil with it, where like either with Mark Hagblad. Okay, yeah, you're talking about it. in the studio. Correct. Yeah, yeah, in the so, studio. So we had. Um, so the thing is, the way these songs were written before going in i had an idea we all had an idea how we wanted him mark hagblad he's a great producer i picked his brain i've learned a lot from that guy um great guy but he knows what's important um for hooks though the problem with lazarus we don't want to be a hooky band and that was a big butting head you know with uh we had i really had a fight for a lot of things a lot of things changed for the better like uh matching up your kick with your rhythms you know exactly what they're playing together but sometimes you don't want to do that in death metal sometimes you want the guitars doing something a little different that's where we would butt heads but the overall sound i mean you can hear it where the kicks are kicking and it's heavy that's mark's input where it's frantic and it's kind of still deathy that's my fighting and jason's fighting for it for what we wanted and, and that he, was the only term like there there was really no drama it was just that like i you know you don't know what's real until you have to fight a producer on what you want <laughs> <laughs> well i mean but even but jason joining obviously he's you guys still use the same lyrics he came in and recorded i i think the lyrics had already been written when he came in from my understanding and he obviously recorded that all the songs the ep comes out now, he did two. He did two new songs with uh, his own lyrics, originals. Okay, on that okay. EP. Gotcha. And Your demise and engraved were Jason's. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yeah. Obviously, you're right. But yeah, that there you go. Um, <laughs> well, I better be. No, I better be. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
but now with the EP released, this is um, you know the next the next step for you guys. And I'm I'm just kind of curious again. The initial response to from what I saw was kind of lukewarm. It wasn't like pressed a whole lot. You know what what happened there? So with uh, and that you just said it. We didn't get it out there. I don't think on the right levels because, um, for one, we've learned a lot over the years how to how to how to get it out there, how to press it right, and um, mainly getting that EP done was to solidify ourselves as a professional sound. I think that was the most important thing than getting it out there to the masses. I think it was more figuring out what we want to progress our sound into warriors into the next one into finding our our sound rather than giving it out there giving it out there you know focus on the next and then once we can get a good solid record we'll we'll press it and then you had a first album that came out as well um even prior to the ep if i'm not mistaken correct another ep you had another EP that came. Okay. So the, the differences between the two, obviously. And that one things. was recorded in a studio, um, like old school, everyone in a room. That oh, was the beautiful that. thing about it. Yeah. I, I wish you could still do that. I'm and, sure and, and where, yeah, well, of course, with the right money and the right know-how and the right, who, you know, and the people that know how to do it. Absolutely. But the, the feeling of everyone in a circle and, and everything mic'd up and a lot of, we'll go back to a lot of kids won't even know what that is. You know, back to the flyer thing. A lot of kids won't know that feeling. <laughs> Absolutely. They'll, they'll never be able to know that feeling because everything's digital. Everything's uh, going and, and it's not like you can't do it. You just, you have to keep up with that digital, big low end sound that, that is today's music. Well, it also takes a certain kind of musician to be able to do that. You know, back Absolutely. in the day, that's all you could do in recording. Yeah, you had, to you play had no other choice. You yeah. had no other choice. So, yeah. you know, that's what, probably why all the musicians that came up before us are way better than what we ever will be. Because, you But know, the beautiful thing about the Kemper, I'm oh. a, I'm a, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm getting out of my box of DIing a lot to get that big sound. Because with the Kemper, I'm micing up my cabinets in here, and they're fucking sounding thunderous with that thing. But you probably have a DI track just in case. I'm sure you have to have that just as a safety net. That's going to be a secret for our next album, though. Okay. It's going to, yeah. Well, I'm not going to spoil that. I'm just saying, like, you know, no, no you, you want to have a, you want to probably have a DI. You want to have that backup. Exactly. Just in and case you don't like just, the tone. Right? Well, and, and, or to keep, it goes back to keeping up with today's production. You got to have that big sound. Nothing can sound naked and acoustic. It's got to be that thunder right up front. Totally. And and That's... even just just getting um, Project Human in, in correlation with Lazarus Casket, you were kind of doing both and still are doing both at the same time mm -hmm. um, with scheduling. And and obviously you guys don't busy. really tour. You guys don't really tour a heck of a lot. Yeah, you guys are really busy. So you know, what influences do you put into say the project, uh, human camp that you don't with Lazarus and vice versa? Well, the, I wrote a lot of the songs, um, vocals and, uh, Whitey, Whitey's the singer with project, but, um, that's a big difference. That's what I, what I don't, what, what I bring to, to casket is, uh, it's another world. Like it, project is kind of what's in my mind caskets what's in my body 
And that's kind of the way I, I look at it. Like I, I, I pro project I'm a, there's not really any backing to that. Like project is going to be more of a studio band. That's the way I see it. Studio releases, anything that, that like I did a, a release over the year about the unrest um, that happened. I, I think I'm going to use that more directive towards that. Um, anything that has meaning that I want to get across in my mind. If I want to, if, you get what I'm saying? It, interesting. But so that I want to go back to the point you just mentioned. So so Lazarus is 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 what you're feeling in 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 the body. The angry. The angry, yeah. Interesting. And then obviously the project mind is, is more... points what I want to get across. You get what well, I'm you, saying? Well, yeah, you put more acoustic kind of kind of tendencies in, into the project uh human camp. From from it's what I can tell more of a tell, story, more of yeah. a story. And you released, the, obviously, which we'll get into, the double album, which is his and hers. Which um, has a, a, yeah. Yeah. The right, one well, for hers, the one for him, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, now, but with all these projects, like, I, I'm just, it's just kind of mind-blowing to me. And I don't, I don't mean to put anybody down, but like, you know, in your mind, like, why wasn't there as much focus on the, um, like the PR stuff, like getting it out there to the world and rather than like, cause obviously you can, I know it's not your specific job to probably do everything but in this band, but we you know, could, why was, once why it's worth pushing on, on that, mm -hmm. on a, on, on doing it yourself level, there's a time for that. The most important thing is connections mm -hmm. and who meeting the right people rather than putting it out to everyone. You're going to spend years on hard work, trying to just push, push, push. In the end, you got to network. You got to, meet the right people and then you push. And that's uh, the route that, that I found has been more successful. Um, you, you got to meet the right people. You got to network or else you're just pushing as a, a lone, you know, survivor push constant. Well, and yeah, I, but, but that's, that's life. That's the getting more, you know, intelligence with, with the years of, of just, you know, living going through it. Yeah. yeah. Just going through it, but you have to go through it. And I'm just kind of, again, going, you know, how come there wasn't as much of a focus on that just in the beginning? Was it, was it that you didn't have those connections? Was no, it... no, always wanted to do something better. And I, I don't want to put, put, put so much effort into something that isn't, everyone's got to believe in it. And if you don't have that right feeling, you, you got to go for the next one and then put, push that because in the end, no matter how much you push, you got to have a good product. You have a, have to have that confidence behind your product. And then, then you press it. Okay. I mean, I could see now. I, now we have that confidence like warriors. Uh, the first EP was great. Good production. Um, now we're finding our, our, uh, our, you know, our groove. We're finding what are the meaning of the songs, the meaning of the, the bandmates uh, Daniel's in now. So this new record is going to blow your fucking mind. It's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. Um, now that, that, but that's so interesting. You're probably the first person to say to say that. And I've always I've always thought this too. You know, you do have to have confidence when putting out any form of art. You have you to because you know the biggest critics are going to be on that other side going make it better. Well, the biggest um, critics should be you. Um that that's, Yeah, should be you, should but then be. you're not paying your bills, you know? Well, that's, nobody pays their bills with this, unfortunately. Ah, uh, it could happen. Well, it could. Right, but not in a local market. You got a network. Um, you got a network absolutely. your way through. Yep. Yeah, but even just not being scared to network is, I guess, where I'm going with this. Yeah, and that Having a lot of people are shy. A lot of people are uh, shy to get that. 
that's one big part. It goes back to whole pressing like that as big as pre you're, you know, pushing it. The biggest other thing is networking. It, it That's a huge thing. And getting out of your box and networking is the biggest step you can do as a musician. Not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And I almost think that's more important than kind of the Absolutely. music themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't hundred percent. I, I think when I had this, this uh, conversation with uh, Matt Matt Harvey of uh, of Exhumed, he's like, he's like, dude, you could be the best guitar player in a subway, and if nobody knows who you are, then you're not. Then you're you know, nothing. You're just pushing it to. Or the you limit. could be you could be ACDC and do the same four chords and be the most successful fucking band. It's all about there. the recipe. It's all about the recipe in a song, the recipe in a genre, and knowing that recipe is going to make you viable and lo- have longevity. And I think that's where it, it's knowing the right recipe. It's knowing with what you're writing, um, attack music, not as something that you think is cool. Attack it as something. What is the meaning of this? What is this going to bring to the other, the other end of the spectrum? Who, what is the listener going to get out of this? What chills are going to be brought up on? That's where you're going to have longevity. Yeah. And and if you have, if you have that mentality though, that's when the confidence comes in. Absolutely. Like if, you're, if you're confident in, in that this music I know is going to, is going to move somebody, somebody's going to like it. If you have that mentality, I think that's where, where musicians need to find it within themselves. That's what we and, all need to focus it. on. That's the only thing that's going to get you anywhere out of a garage, anywhere out of your own head is uh, finding out the importance of, the business it's a business that's the way we all have to look at this it's not look how cool i am look how cool it sounds look it's where's your directive and who are you going to meet to find that right directive and absolutely. Uh, that's the only way you're going to have longevity absolutely man and now um you know what when let, let's let's go to the the project stuff um you know recording uh the first record with them you know your approach to this you know, did you, did you uh, find yourself where maybe you you know some of the decisions you you know because everyone I always think it's it's okay to make a first album, but you know was there a moment w- when you were you know after it had already say been released you wanted to add more to it you know when was that point where no, it was like mm-hmm. so for it. for project um that's where I learned a lot with uh with my musical career is there's no rules. There's no whole bars. There's no go back it. Give it your all and give it your, your feeling. And um, you don't need to critique it as much. Uh, of course, there's going to be instant, you know, I'm going to hear some things where oh, I could have done that better, but I use that for my next, my next record. I use that as, as uh, learning experiences and not just, Oh, I don't want to hear that again. You know, I'll indulge in it. I'll still hear a, you know, a little twang or something that, that bleeded over or it's not going to bug me, but um, yeah, to answer that, I, I don't have any regrets. I never would go back on because it's all vocally driven with project. It was never about the music. It's about what I, you know, what we can get across for what we want to get across. True. That is true. Not about the music. It's about the, the, the point, the, the, what we're trying to get across. And, and but from just learning how, how to do a first album too, you know, how, what you know things. And did you, first one I produced, I produced yeah, that one. Absolutely, yeah. you know what? But what were some of the techniques that you transferred into the say the his or hers kind of era for a project? Well, what I've techniques always, well, I, I, worked for you? What techniques didn't work for you? 
Well, then again, the his and hers was uh it was a little bigger production, but it was still off that um you know, I'm I, I wing it a lot in the studio and everything. And I think that is a beautiful thing that a lot of musicians should indulge in. Don't overthink. Never overthink when you're in, just wing it. And I and and so same thing with project Lazarus, our new stuff, Warriors and all that. That's where I want to stamp my producing end because it's having good production. It's that's what I'm focusing on that end. Even with the his and hers, I did a okay. So for the people that don't know. The Hers album is like an acoustical, uh, 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 we did a lot of acoustic songs. I do a lot of cleans and it's a lot of, uh, it's mellow. So if, if we're trying to be metal, you know, I wanted to get, get a laugh out of it too. It's like, make that the, the, we took everything and it was a lot of songs. So we just divided the album. We made our, 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 our slower, more mellower songs for the, for her. And then the heavier ones for him. And that's how we made the album, the double we have the hers and hit you know his and i think it's brilliant though that, that Thank you, you even thought of that concept you know um well I, you sh- got to get a kick out of it too you know i don't want to i know i know metalheads so i don't want to force you know any kind of you know like our slower stuff on them if i if i can make something funny on album i'm gonna try it i'm gonna give it to you know give them an option if they want to pop in a record and and just hear heavy shit give them that if they if it's a sunday they're making breakfast they want to hear mellower shit put in the hers right and but what do you what yeah and i don't want i might have already asked this already but like you know when you write for project you know you already you know what kind of fan listens to project human right so when you when i don't want to say you pertain to them a hundred percent of the time because that's almost impossible um that's but, damn near you know, impossible. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. what do you sort of look for when you're writing for project? What do you, what in your mind is that you think is going to pertain to that listener? You that, know what project, project is Tanner? I'm not even thinking about the listener. It's what I want to do for me. And that's a, that's a summed up perfect answer. It was mm-hmm. something that, that I started and I already had an idea that I wanted to do an, a project, even when I was in older casket, I've always loved, uh, I, I love new metal. I love, uh, a lot of aspects of it. I don't like the, you know, the, just, I don't like the guitar tones. That's one thing that bugs me about new metal. But, um, other than that, I love the songwriting. I love, and that, that's just something that's always held true to me. And if I could write, if I could write, and that's the way I've always thought, if I can write like that singer, you know, like, uh, any new metal uh seven dust like i mean if you could write and get things across and have that passion how they're feeling while their songs you forget about how perfect the music is and so that's the way i, I kind of look at project actually i'll write a song and i'll lay it down i'll record it and i'm done because i got across what i wanted to get out at that time and that's how all those songs have been both those albums have been on the spot um what i'm feeling uh and then whitey he does all the screaming you know a bunch of but mainly the cleans, it's it's all derived off off a. Uh, I'll, I'll have an idea of what I'm going through or what I, and then I just lay it down and I derive it off that idea of how I'm feeling it at that point. And yeah, I don't think about the listener. I don't think about nobody else. It's my my mind, you know. Great answer. I love it. Um, now, that that <laughs> now that uh, damn it. Let, let's uh, let, let, let's focus now on. Um, on all the Lazarus stuff, right? So the EP comes out, 
it takes, I'm not even going to lie to you. It takes six, seven years before a, a new Lazarus Casket album even fucking comes out. Um, what happened? That's when we went through that transition of uh, losing our drummer. And I focused, uh, once we lost that, like I said, we all took a, a step back. Right. And and Jason, you know, there's so much he can push for us. And there's so much I can push for the other instruments. So that's when I went for project. I, you know, I always told Jason, I'm here. Like uh, once we want to get this, this, the wheels turning and let's fucking do it. But I'm not going to sit stagnant. And that's why I, I focused on project for those two albums. And then now I'm back, you know, now Love we it. found, we found the whole group of guys like, and Daniel, I'm not shitting you, Tanner. You listen to this new album. The bass is going to rip your ass like <laughs> that. We finally have a bass player, like old school bands where bass is the, not just backbone. The bass is a melody. The bass is the, the feeling, the emotion, and and he's bringing that to the table on this record. Well, yeah, it, let's let's fo we'll focus on that era. I promise. We'll get to that era. I know I know you're jonesing to focus on on all that stuff, which we'll get no, to. No, no worries. You're good. But let's do let's do the war the the Warriors of Sacrifice release. Um, walk me through the recording process. It's kind of like a Frankenstein of sorts, because every time I listen to it, it's like, you know, you got you know every other other song essentially is like you know part one, two, three. So there's like you know, it's it's like an intro, two songs, intro, two songs, and it's so it's like trying to you're trying to tell a story with it. So it I goes back to it. the story, and I get that. That's what right, I'm right. But I get that aspect. But I'm saying though, it, even adding on songs from the EP, I was always kind of curious, you know, the reasoning for it and why not do just all brand new material. So those never like like we talked earlier that we didn't press that, that EP, those two songs, your demise and engraved. Those were great songs for Jason. That's why we put them on the new one that we're going to push on warriors. That way they get the, the love that they should get. That's the only reason they're on there. Okay. For ju I, to justify I, those songs. That's why we put them on there. And, and we didn't want to put on, um, we could have put, put on different songs off that EP, but those were written by our old, our old uh, singer. So we took the two that, that Jason did and put them on and they're hooks. They're good songs. Absolutely. Why not? Why not? I'm not, why not I'm not discrediting it. I'm just saying, you know, it's kind of, that's why I call it the Frankenstein album because of, it is, it is. It, it literally is recorded in like, you know, a couple of different studios. Um, but just walking through the recording process on, on say the, all the other songs, um, you know, walk me through it, walk me through just recording the guitars. This is, this is where you're, you come in on, the producing side of things, you know, maybe so a for... lot of things, uh, a lot of things, uh, nowadays will start with, uh, I'll, I'll have riffs and I'll, I'll record them to a click. Those riffs, Whitey will come in, in my studio, play drums. And, uh, that's how we build them. That's how they start. They all start, uh, pretty much from raw click to, to, um, but we're using seven strings. So that's the new thing with the warriors. The two songs that we added on there, those are still our six strings. So it's always progressing. That's why I'm using sevens on these. And then uh that's why you're getting that dumpy sound. So it's it's but it's finding that 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 in between how to still, you know, make a death metal and or not, you know, too dumpy. Right. Finding that balance. I totally totally get that. Finding that um, balance. But, but that, that, wait, that's it, pretty it, much the process. Like I'll I'll start the guitars, he'll come in, do the drums. 
and then uh brian will come in over overlay anything that he's feeling or and and really i push that on everybody when they get in here whether we're just jamming do whatever you're feeling don't pay attention what i'm playing don't pay attention to what he's playing you know get yourself out and and that's that's how things are moving so creatively these days Oh, absolutely. But, and, and then, um, even before this, we should talk about how Brian got, gets into the fold here. Um, because mm. he initially wasn't supposed to be a full-time member. He was supposed to be like, you know, a fill-in for, a fill a in for, I think for, I think Neil's memorial show. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So walk me through, you know, him just, just well, me and him, show believe and then, it or not. Um, when we were doing our EP back in 2013, 14, uh, me and Brian wrote your demise together in my old apartment. We wrote it just standing acoustically with guitars plugged in. And I don't even know Brian. Jason just introduced us that we were going to. So when Jason got out of all God's kill, me and him and Brian, were going to start like a suffocation type band. That was our plan. Then Brian got into his other band. What was it? Um, I know you know you know who they are, but he lived out in Fountain Valley. Um, he went out and uh, so he he was gonna we were gonna start the band, but it was too far of a drive to Long Beach to get with me and Jason at the time. Brian was going through some things, but we wrote your demise. I took that because uh, that song was great, and uh, that's why we put it on the EP. But um, Brian actually wrote that before he was even in the band. I didn't even know him. He just came to Jason hooked us up. He came to my apartment. We wrote that song, and uh back now that's how the idea of brian coming back in because we were going to play neil's memorial and brian knows the songs or no you know he knows he's familiar so we brought him in and uh life was going a lot easier i got him in our union so i you know he's working he's good and uh it, it just worked out it worked out we, we brought him right in and you guys gel so well just as a two guitar attack oh, thank you now. thank you you know brian's great Oh yeah. I think what he brings that's different from you though, is just a sense more of a, um, like a rhythmic pattern that you might, you know, be lacking and it's no knock to you. You offer different things oh, than he yeah. does. Um, but you know, when it's the fact that like he wasn't supposed to be in, but got in and, and you guys gelled so well together because, you know, I, I remember that's Jason, the hardest thing and you know, yeah, that. I, yeah. I, you yeah. you know that from ground yeah from <laughs> yeah yeah i know that all right um but but even just talking with jason it's like th this guy like you know we weren't supposed to be a two guitar band and the fact that we are it, he just brings not only the weight of the sound but he brings also you know a rhythmic pattern and, and a, a, a a different sense of writing riffs than say you can you know so it's good to have that that writing um, absolutely, partner, the, absolutely. The, the, the partnership within the writing styles you both bring bring two different things to the table absolutely yeah. and that's why i think this record not just playing so the well. same you know this it goes back to not just playing the same thing that the other guitarist is playing or when they come in here it's like do what you do don't worry about what i'm doing add another uh, uh not a layer but just add another uh something uh, evolution to the song absolutely you know? and i think that's yeah. why warriors of sacrifice worked so well for me personally just Thank because you. i knew some of the backstory behind it um, I knew, you know, cer certain things and I was like, man, this works so well um, because what Aaron's doing is obviously he's bringing in, and these are older songs, the, you know, the, the, some, most of this stuff. So I know your style compared to his is, you know, it, it just different. gels, 
just, it just but gels it, but for it, me. But like you said, it, 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 we needed that. We needed that because I'm, I, I, I come a lot from the soul when I play. Like I'll, I'll scream some things, but I, that's where I'll tend to not hit those rhythmic patterns. You know, that's right. where he, beauty. And when he goes into wailing guitar leads, I'm, 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 I'm learning off anything. You, you all get inspiration off each other, you know. I'm learning a lot of rhythmic patterns off him. So that's the beauty of everything. We're all learning from each other and we're, we're putting it to a good use. Absolutely. And, 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 the initial, and, and yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, the initial reaction to it obviously was great. You guys released it last year. Um, May, you know, May, May of last May, year, right. Yeah. Which people tend to forget, but I didn't. Um, well, 2020 has gone by so fast, dude. I it's mean, so crazy. It's yeah. it's crazy. Anyway, um, but so you release it, and then there's some PR push behind it. You know, they're they're, you know, you you're starting now to get that momentum and being confident. What you said before in in we have you know you guys where everyone style. in the band could be confident together, and that's right. when yeah, and put in the funds to make it happen. But um, the the you know the, the thing too. Yeah, to throw that in, huh? I did. You I know did. how it is. I do. I'm I'm hanging out, so you know. We're honest here on the show. That's Absolutely. what the show's about. Absolutely. Um, that's how we all grow. That's right. Um, but I think that was such a smart decision and why it's become a success, you know, so far. It's only been a year. Give it time. Um, and then the Let new us get one, out and push it, you know? Yeah. Open, open shit well, up and we'll push it. Well, considering that none of us have um, done that and we've released records that people still enjoy is, is a testament to the Absolutely. songs and the productions and the 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 takes on those records so i'm i can speak for myself i'm a great i'm grateful for it um now thank with, you brother but with you guys it's the same same deal where are you at now in terms of writing for um uh, the lazarus casket the new record talk to me a little bit about you know uh daniel coming into the fold the writing process and where you guys are now at recording wise so the new record, um, I came out of Europe, um, last December, I, uh, went out there for a full month at a, a, a full stadium tour, um, with a band viral and, uh, you know, we hit Germany. It was, it was awesome Tanner, but we, we come back and, uh, we had a showcase right before for a bunch of labels. Um, we had a showcase in LA for viral and uh, I knew things were going to get busy. This was before the pandemic hit, like right before coming out of December. We had the showcase set up. Funny shit is the day or the day before the showcase, that that Thursday of the Friday is when they shut everything down, all the bars, all the clubs. So we had one in a club, Bar Sinister. That was our showcase. And uh, so that all shut down. So I'm thinking, you know, before that point, I'm like, we got to get busy if I was telling Jason, I'm like, I'm going to be busy on the road, you know, constantly out in Europe, uh, you know, eventually Japan, I'll be everywhere. I'm not going to be able to really give the time to write a new record. So let's do it now. Right. When everything is shut down, I, I, we, me and Jason both, both buckled down and we're like, let's utilize the time while you're still here in town. You're not busy. Let's create a new record so we can push out after you leave. You know, we have something to sit on because Warriors is still new, but we want something because I could see, you know, Tanner, we talked earlier. I could see things getting a lot busier. Well, and it took you fucking nine years to release something after the EP. You know, you probably want to get something. Yeah, out. right. We like finally it's... have a click and fucking <laughs> utilize it. Right records. Right, <laughs> right fucking records. 
Right. Absolutely. So, but where and that have... has a lot to do with it too. Totally. But you know, talk to me a bit, a little bit about Daniel coming in, you know, meeting him and having him come into the fold, you know? So Daniel was a big fan of project human. That's how I met him. He would go to our shows and, uh, didn't know him before. Uh, he played in a band, uh, downfall of man. And, and I've seen him play and I was like that. I, I always knew he had something. He had his whole pedal board. You don't see a lot of basis with that, with the wah flanger, the whole setup. He, that guy knows his fucking tone, like a basis. And that always intrigued me. Never thought anything of it, Tanner. And then um, what happened? So he came into Jess, Jesse left project, um, our basis for project. Right. And uh, Daniel, I, we gave him the option to come in. He came in. He was with the other band. He didn't know if he could do it. But then he he really got motivated and he came in, killed it for project. But project is a little more easy listening to. I didn't really know what he could bring until we brought him. So dude stepped out of casket and uh, he's my best friend since we were little. Um, I'll never disrespect him. I'll, I always tell him he has a home to come back to. If, if, if need be, we could always make something work. Um, dude stepped out. He's like, I'm busy. My, you know, with the pandemic and everything, he's a inspector in LA. So it, it, it things just got, he couldn't put the time in and he knows how I am. I'm very pushy. I, that's all I ask of anyone is just be honest. And, and, uh, if you can't be honest, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't bullshit me. And, uh, he knows that just being a best friend and he's like, Hey, I can't give you, give you what you want, you know, on constantly writing and doing what we do. And, uh, I said, that's fine. He's like, I'm going to, and I said, well, what do you want me to do? I'm not going to kick you out. And he's like, well, I'll step out. And then that's when Daniel, I hit up Daniel and Daniel, is also you know he likes casket i i didn't know that but uh i think that's more his genre rather than project so when he came into casket he and and you know it all goes back to you got to give everyone freedom to do what they want whether you being a producer you got to make that and that's a, another thing with mark hagblad he was very you do it my way you do it. that works for so long but you're not going to get that emotion out of a uh, out of a player doing it that way so once we let daniel do what he wants to do it'll show on this new record i'm we, excited to i'm excited the, the to bass hear it, is clanking we're doing layers of it we're we're uh bringing out highs lows of just bass what is left to to record on it still so we're gonna do uh we have six covers and you guys are gonna fucking love them they're uh they're they're in our own genre or our our sound and uh we're just we're giving great 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 tribute to these bands i can't name the bands yet so but, is it a um, cover it's a cover album not a total cover album um we're gonna have originals a couple originals but the the beef of it is going to be a cover tribute album not a cover but a tribute in our own style Okay, interesting. I'm, I'm, when when can we expect this thing to to come out? I would think May ish, May or oh, June, wow. sometime before summer. Wow, so a year, to, a year to almost to the date that uh, Where's the Sacrifice came out. Yep, like it. Yeah, um, yeah we're almost there. Uh, Jason has, I think, three, three or four more songs to do on vocals. There you go. Yeah. Um. Now, lastly, what I wanted to talk to you about, and I appreciate you giving me a couple minutes of your time. Absolutely. To come on the show and hang, you know, it means a lot. Um, it, it's been too long. It's been way too long. It, it, are the, are, is the viral um, era, you know, talk to me just about getting into the band. 
so I tried, uh, I got a tryout. I got a, a invitation to come try out for this industrial metal, metal band. Um, we're working with Billy Graziati from uh, biohazard. Uh, send dog is on one of our uh, oh, nice. songs. Yeah. On, on, on the older album that, that we're working on new stuff. So I'm, I'm working studio with side to side with, uh, a pretty big producer right now and we're creating a new record for these labels. So that's, that's been the buzz on that right now. Problem is I'm too, I'm too, I can't wait for you to hear it. I just can't release it till but the did, world world releases. You well, know? Right. But, but did you, when getting into the project, did you know somebody from the band or try out for them or try it out? Okay. Um, how did you hear about him? Um, through talking through a bass player that, uh, that we actually hired playing the hard rock we for casket. We, we had to get this guy, Garrett Conroy. Um, we dude couldn't make it out to Tahoe when we played the, uh, extermination. I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that was a band or the, the fest. Uh, we, he couldn't make it. So, um, I reached out, I hired some guy and then, uh, got word of what was going on. And, uh, and you know me, I'm a whore. I'm a music whore, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> I love it. And getting into the project, obviously, when can we expect something from that camp? Can you say like there's there's year? already releases? Um, what, I'm, you I'm can talking, get to. Oh, go ahead. The new. I'm talking the new. The one oh, you're working on one. now. Not yeah. until the labels come in. Not till okay. the, the okay. industry opens up. So like next year, the year after, we'll we're probably... shopping it. Um, but we already found homes for it. It's just got to wait for the industry to open up. I totally. And then uh, then then we can release. Well, um, you know, last but not least, give me your links where people can uh, find everything that, that they want, merch, CDs, compact discs. Well, you guys, you guys know, uh, RPs, hang on, cassette tapes, stickers, ah! cassette tapes, eight track. That's right. Ooh. Um, no, but you guys know Lincoln bio on, on Instagram for casket. You can find a lot of our stuff. Um, as far as some viral tunes, if you, if you guys want to check out some of, uh, the, the stuff when I tried out, you know, the, the early, what, what I toured on, on Europe, what I played, um, there's two tracks on YouTube and on Apple, uh, for viral Los Angeles. So just, uh, you could Google that, uh, project it's everywhere. Um, Lincoln bios, all that. Uh, that's pretty much it beyond cryptics fall. Uh, or uh, Beyond Cryptic Studios, hit me up for any uh, any recordings you guys want to get, and uh, that that's about it. Um, yeah, I love it. Well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show and hanging. I appreciate you know giving me a couple minutes of your time. Another I appreciate episode, you, Tanner. Absolutely, I appreciate you too, my man. Another episode of Popper's Corner. I'm out of here, guys. Cheers. <laughs>